0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate and, in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right, good
2: morning, everybody. And it is 2016. Yeah! Oh, I don't even know how we get past these years or how we get to these new years, but I'm very happy, I'm very grateful, I'm very thankful um, to be able to say it is January 5th, 2016. Mm-hmm. Good morning to everybody. This is Good Morning New York, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. We are, of, of course, live here in New York City, and I was really serious about that. We, I mean, where did 2015 go? I haven't a clue how we got here. It's I really wild. don't It was awesome. It was a great Better year. Time uh, I want to do it fun. all over again. It was a uh, fast, uh, fast, uh, fast uh, year. You know, it was a very interesting year. It was a transitional year for me or my business or for me in, in lots of things. But, you know, it was a great year, a successful year. I got to say, a fun time. I ended it in Los Angeles over the New Year's holiday um, spur-the-moment trip to visit a dear friend and some other friends. And I got to tell you something; it was a great way to spend New Year. First time I will tell you for me, Vince Rocco, out of New York City. Not that I participate in the New York City events per se, but I've never been out of New York for New Year's. Really? Uh, never. Wow. Oh, I've always God, been to the really? Hamptons or here and you know wherever. And so it was the first time I was out of the city, and it felt a little weird knowing that at 9 p.m. West yeah. Coast time, yeah. it was already New Year in New York. That's bizarre. So it? I started cheering at 9 o'clock. Ah, People were like, dude, no, yeah. no, 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 you still have three hours. I'm like, no, I'm a New Yorker. It's yeah. already That's New a good year. way to stretch it out. I love yes. it. Yes. Oh, well, it's a double, actually, it's a double, double hit because double you, get, you yeah. get a 9 o'clock celebration, yeah. and then you get a midnight celebration in yeah. Los Angeles. So it was kind of fun, um, actually. But, you know, the weather was uh, accommodating. It was much better than... Uh, Here, although it was a little chilly for for Los Angeles purposes, and we did have fireplace on every night of the week in Los Angeles. I was very amazed by that. But you know, that's cool. Oh, I'd like to hear what you have to
3: say about fireplaces later. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing, because yeah. that's quite the controversial yeah. subject. Yeah, well, for t- did we, Didn't we firewood. talk about that a couple of weeks ago on our show here? I and don't I g-
0: think that we kind of, We know, didn't get into it. But we, we didn't we get into it, because there's, there's quite a bit to get into. We want to get into it today? I think we're going to. I mean, it all depends on Vince, our fearless leader. <laughs> yeah, but listen. If he brings up firewood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we already know what kind of man he is. They had their fireplace going the entire time. Yeah. Well, okay. okay. Well, it depends on what side you sit on. How much you know. Well, one. Leave it, it to me, it, to, me to be it? the you know the one that's the bummer. Because you know, I, well, I, <laughs> I bring that. out like I sort of grok every perspective that's possible. Uh, I, I think you might talk about fireplaces later, right? You we probably might, want to talk about news first. We
2: might get there, but yeah, let's do uh, some news items. News right. is always good. <laughs> so in many ways, 2015 has been a year of inconsistencies in the city's <laughs> residential real estate market. Of course, it was a year when the median price of a Manhattan apartment exceeded $1 million for the first time, while the homeless population proliferated. It was a year that saw a healthy building boom buoyed by uncertainty over a popular Uh, development tax break while the vacancy rate in Manhattan crept to a nine-year high. Interesting. And it was a year that celebrated Manhattan's luxury market with a record high sale of $100.47 million dollars for a duplex penthouse at the famed 157 Skyscraper in, Min- in Midtown on Billionaire's Road. We've talked about many times here on this mm. program, but it ended with concerns about how the high-end property sales have flattened out. But the record books are almost certain to be rewritten in the months ahead as new Billionaire's bunkers are added to the city's ever-evolving skyline, like, for example, 220 Central Park South, 432 and 520 Park Avenue and 56 Leonard Street just to name a few. And on the heels of that, Manhattan's newest mini uh, apartments have generated maximum interest. More than 60,000 people applied to live in 14 below market rate apartments ranging from 25, I'm sorry, 265 to 360 square feet, slightly bigger than the size of an average one-car garage. Now get that 60,000 people applied to live in 14 apartments between 265 and 360 square feet. We're talking about a walk-in closet, guys. In response to that, the de Blasio administration is proposing to end a limit on how small apartments can be, opening the door to more micro-apartments that advocates see as affordable spaces to help the growing population. The building we're talking about is called Carmel Place in Kipps Bay, which is in Midtown East. will have 55 micro-units. And is expected to be ready this March. For eleven units, the rent will be nine hundred and fifty dollars per month. Oh my god. <gasps> I would
0: totally live
3: in yeah, that. Yeah, can
2: you imagine how cool you could make an itty bitty space? Just, I
3: lived in something like that. But the I paid best, a thousand. At I the mean, it's a part-time yeah. thing. But yeah. the
2: best part about that is if you can make the space work, you're only paying nine hundred and fifty dollars yes. a month. It's, yeah. It's, I can't That's even rent stabilized,
4: that. right? That's
0: rent stabilized. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Did you well I think I wonder, there, there's all of this uh hoopla about that becoming a thing, right? And and really great architects designing these buildings with these tiny units yep. i want to say did anyone ever see john malkovich's film inside the mind of john malkovich being, Mal- being, being john, john malkovich, being john malkovich yes. remember that and that's what living in one of these spots would be like
3: it's liberating be, though well, well i've no. done it it's very i'm talking liberating. about the, i've lived yeah. in
0: many hotels I, I grew up in hotels being on the road as a singer and if you're in tiny ones like in japan it's flippy. It's like being <laughs> inside your own head.
2: Wow. My first so studio was probably 250 square feet, yeah. although they build it as being more. But I'm, I'm convinced it couldn't have been more than 250. And you're right. I mean, you're really, you're really in a situation where you are in this space. I'm not going to call it a room. You're in this space, and it's really you're, – you're with oh. you. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. you're so with you. Are, you are in your head. Uh-huh. And now you're with the internet, too. So it's oh my not God. just you.
0: Oh there's my God. a lot Isn't more that, that can is come there to a, life.
3: Is there a requirement that the e- that the person on the lease has to have it as a primary, I would assume? No pied-a-terres, <laughs> because, I mean...
2: I didn't see that anywhere. It's I wonder, mean, because, because I, would, I think so, if it's stabilized yeah. For 14 it's, yeah. Yeah. What Let's ask Bill that question, if it's a stabilized
4: lease, it has to be primary residence. So just the fact that it's a rent-stabilized at least they wouldn't allow you to
3: Exactly, for it
2: to not be your, which makes residents. complete sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree like with that. How wild is this whole subject? Anyway, the remaining so be three continued. below markets will be so you got eleven of them at $9. 50, three of them below market rate at fourteen ninety a month, which is still a deal, and the remaining apartments will rent for twenty six fifty and thirty one fifty a month. That covers several amenities like cable, wireless internet, and weekly and monthly. Let's all be the brokers for that building. Oh my, yes. no. Wait a minute, the itty
0: bitty the postage stamp it? apartments are going to be uh-huh. the prices that you just quoted. Correct the. Final prices uh, for the postage stamp as apartments? As far as my research And what is that about. per square foot, you guys? I mean, that's insane, did you? What was your final figure? 3100 Oh! 3100
2: Oh my god! <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, listen. Scotty, beat me up.
0: Yep. Keep, in <laughs> yeah. mind, keep in
2: mind, this is New York City. Moving on, Tishman Spire Properties, one of New York City's most active real estate developers, had bought two parcels of land on the far west side of Manhattan to clear the way for a 2.8 million square foot office tower planned for Hudson Yards. But standing in the way, though, were two occupants of two apartments on the site. Now, we've all heard these stories. Yeah. So this year, the developer turned to a plan that can oftentimes ease New York City tenement tenants' out of their rent-regulated units, a buyout, we call it, in this case, for $25 million in total to three tenants. Now, just think about this. In New York's exceptionally lucrative real estate market, multi-million-dollar buyouts are becoming more common. They've been around forever, uh, say lawyers who negotiate for tenants and property owners. In some tenants, <coughs> if some tenants are pocketing millions, believe me, the developers are making many more millions. So at the end of the day, if you're in an apartment that a developer is hot to get back they are offering several million dollars to renters and in most cases these people are elderly most people cases these people have been in their apartments for 20 30 40 years and even though you say i'm going to give you two to three to four to five million dollars to get you out of your apartment a lot of these people turn it down because yep. they think well this is the end of my life where am i going to go i can't go anywhere because by the way to duplicate the space i currently have that this developer is so hot for i'm not going to be able to afford it even when they give you this kind of money you know it's a mind space it's a mine place it's a whole bunch of things but believe it or not, people do turn it down. Moving on. Steiner Sturt Studios' Doug Steiner, who recently filed plans for a massive film production complex at the Brooklyn Navy Yard, just got a $130 million loan for a different project, a ground-up condominium development in the East Village. I can't wait for this one. Wow. The developer received the cash to fund construction at his 82-unit, 165,000-square-foot residential building at 438 East 12th Street between Avenue A and 1st Avenue. So, uh, according to the uh, New York Observer, Steiner bought the site for $41 million in 2012 from the Mary Help of Christians Church. And earlier this month, the Real Deal reported that Steiner filed plans for a 179,000-square-foot studio complex at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. The three-story buildings will house six sound stages. The number of Brooklyn brownstones on the market is increasing as the mom-and-pop brokerages that traditionally dominated that borough take a backseat to larger firms that are garnering higher prices for these highly sought-after properties. International buyers and others who previously might have only looked in Manhattan are now riding the wave to Brooklyn and scooping up reconditioned brownstones, helping to drive these prices up. Long-time owners are seeing what their properties are worth and don't want to miss the boat. And buyers who are being priced out of the more traditional brownstone neighborhoods like Brooklyn Heights and Park Slope are heading to Sunset Park, Bay Ridge, Bensonhurst, bed as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and even East New York. But the number of brownstones is finite. There are simply just so many of them available, and the original brownstones will not be built again. Competition is fierce, as buyers, many of whom have already lost a bidding war or two, go into battle stance. We still have more on the state of the Brooklyn brownstone market coming up in the next couple of weeks. And finally, today... Uh, If any other billionaire bought themselves a house with a 56-foot-long wine cellar, we would roll our eyes. 56-foot-long wine cellar. I would love it, and then I would roll my eyes. (laughs) But seeing as this particular billionaire is none other than America's queen, Oprah Winfrey, we can only wish her all the mazel in the world. Winfrey just closed on a home in Mountain Village in Telluride for $13.75 million dollars. This after buying 60 acres of property nearby last year for 10.95 million. Ah, the billionaire syndrome. However, I was kind of surprised. Who, everybody making a big deal about 13.75 and 10.95 million for a billionaire.
3: Yeah, that's pennies. I that's know, pennies. that's pennies. That's pennies. And actually, the the great show that's coming up, um, the premiere I think is it next week or two weeks. Billions. Yeah, yeah, oh, show, uh, yeah. 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 So I saw an early sneak peek uh, of yeah. it and it's really it's really good. Is it definitely watch it? It's a little bit of what you just talked it's about. It's about billionaires? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he just purchased a home for sixty three million in the Hamptons right on the beach and he was a billionaire. You so, know, we are so pennies.
2: jaded, we think thirteen million dollars and ten million, and I'm sure yeah. there are people out there listening to us this morning around the world saying, Whoa Wow, how arrogant is that, Vince. But yeah. you know what? In this it's jaded relative. town of New York City, yeah. it's yeah, I mean to me that's like okay, great. It must be the size of you know, a city block, for heaven's sakes. Right, good for 20. Oprah. 5. Good for Oprah. Yeah, and she's going to have women camps. She does. I yeah. love Oprah. Well, She'll she's going to do I'll a be, lot I'll of be things. there.
0: You'll I'm be all, there? I'm going to get there. Can yep. I come? Well, you're not a woman. I'm sorry. Oh,
2: okay. It's all it's about, just like it's about, I will about, be. The, I, can, I will listen.
3: be one for that. Yeah. <laughs> I completely miss that. Yeah, hey. Okay. Give me
2: a couple minutes. <laughs> you know, actually talking about Oprah. Not that I want to talk about Oprah, but I was in Los Angeles this past weekend, and I actually met somebody who knows her very well and does her makeup or whatever, and said that she is really a very delightful person. Oh. Wonderful, warm, and everything you think you see when you see her on television, she actually is. Mm, yeah. So. Kudos to her. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Of course, going you to always want to be back. nice
3: to your makeup artist, but yep. <laughs>
2: well, that's exactly what I said <laughs> to the makeup artist who then cracked up laughing. I said, yeah. you know, don't want to screw that up. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and do our popular hot topics right after these messages. Don't go away.
1: Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready. Now, visit blue-realtygroup.com. That's b l u realtygroup.com. The internet's number 1 talk station. Number 1 talk station. Voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at Group.com. Now... Back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back for our first, uh, our second segment.
2: Happy New Year once again to everybody. It is fantastic to be back in 2016, our first show for 2016. And we, Rachel just reminded me during the break, we are approaching our two year anniversary. So, uh in March so there'll be um some news coming out about that celebration in a couple of weeks but you know we're grateful again one more thing to be grateful for is um good morning New York so did everybody before we get into our topics cuz this first topic is sort of related to holiday stuff did we all enjoy the Christmas holiday being away the the New Year's holiday some of us being away just enjoying um, what I call quiet time in New York City, because in the holiday season it's very quiet here mm. in New York City. Other than you know other times where it's cuckoo busy and crazy pre-holiday, it's nuts in this town.
5: Well, you talk about quiet time, and you know I I mentioned on our show earlier that I was uh, not going to be in New York for the holidays, and I was in Europe and uh, Germany, and I spent some time in Paris. And uh, you know we were talking about the terror attacks and everything, and I said that you know I wasn't afraid, and I wanted to get over there. And just in see what the city was like. Um, talk about quiet time. That city was quiet. You know, uh, you know, we did a lot of touristy things. I brought my mother over there. Um, and she wanted to always oh, go nice. to the Eiffel Tower. So we literally brought her out with my sister. Who Were there a lot Germany. of tourists there? No, no line at all. We went up in the elevator of the Eiffel Tower. Nobody was in the elevator with us.
2: Now, what do you attribute that to? Do you think maybe people are kind of scared from what happened recently, and they're I just think holding it's, back on visitation?
5: Yeah, I think it's a little a little too soon. You know, it was you know walking around the streets. I've been to Paris before. It was a little bit eerie how mm-hmm. quiet it was. Um, you know, I, I didn't think it was like too absurdly quiet because there was obviously people on the streets. But when you go into you know highly populated areas and there's nobody—not saying there's nobody, but there's people—but nowhere near where what I would expect. It doesn't especially sound like Paris, York. yeah. yeah d- and especially yeah. that time of year. And what was also remarkable about it was that it was sixty degrees. Sixty degrees, Paris, December. You know, right around the holidays, you'd think it'd be you know jamming, right? It was not.
2: It was Ow. slow. Yeah. Mm. Sounds post nine yeah, eleven here in New York just City, right? Gonna say that. Yeah. yeah, it's going to take a couple of months. Hopefully, they don't have any other episodes, but it's going to take a couple of months for yeah, the felt security to come back. And I felt the, safe you know,
5: there. You see um, a lot of guards, armed forces with uh, you know automatic machine guns, yeah. you know, walking around, <laughs> like walking around the street, well, like, like, Grand like Grand Central. Central. Seriously, hey, yeah. Know. You know, my mom's like, "Oh my god, that's crazy!" And I said, "You know what? We see this in New York. You know, it's yeah. not
0: that big of a deal. They're actually here to protect us. It's it's a good New York thing. City was very quiet this year as well. I know a lot of restaurant owners, some retail. People mm-hmm. and I, of course, was just on the streets myself. Um, it was the quietest Christmas I can remember. Wow. Yep. And so you know that—that's also really interesting. And we feel
2: bad for the restaurant owners and the shop owners, you know, when it's quiet for them. But as a New Yorker, I think we appreciate sometimes the the quietness when people are out of town, away for the holiday. It's a nice couple of week break. Um, so business comes down a little bit, but yet come yeah. like January, we're back to booming. I mean, yesterday, Monday, the first Monday after the both holidays. It was like a zoo here in town, or at least Midtown West, where we broadcast. Mm -hmm. It's just unbelievable where all these people were coming from, and I thought, okay, here we go. Welcome to January, and (laughs) welcome to Monday morning. Anyway, we're here with uh, Rachel Altshuler from Douglas Elliman, Phil Horrigan from LeaseBreak.com, Ivy Ray from Blue Realty Group, and Niall Lundgren from Compass. We're missing our two other favorites who are not feeling well today, but they'll be back next week. First question, no one dresses up for Christmas quite like New York City on the heels of our uh, just conversation. Though our our buildings, lobbies, store windows, courtyards, apartments, and public squares are fairly stylish. Uh, They're wrapped as they are in modern uh, period charm or bold modern. Uh, There's nothing like lights and tinsel, good cheer to set the proper mood. And as you saw over the Christmas holiday, plenty of Instagrammers took note. So my question is, did you? How many of us posted Instagram, Facebook, and is it important to capture the, the current holiday season and post it around the world for people who don't live in New York City and who want to see all the festivity that New York uh, goes through, or Paris where Niall was, or uh, L.A. where I was, or anywhere? I mean, is it, in, is it important in this Instagram or in this Facebook or in this social media world to be posting I, I think it is. I
5: think posting is always important. You know, uh, this, this go around in this holiday season, I didn't post that much on Facebook or Twitter or, uh, or Instagram. Uh, to be honest, I felt like it was more important for me as I've done a lot of the social media in the past to just focus on the present and be, you know, around in, 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 in actually experience what's happening versus just running around trying to take, take pictures and then get that one picture just to post and, and get up to my friends, um, or, you know, my network or the people that follow me. So I do think it's important. I did take a back seat this time. And one of my you know, resolutions in 2016 is to, is to get more systematic with it and have a, a structure to my, uh, my social media. But I think it's really, really important to do. I personally took, took a back seat in, in the last December and just made sure that I focused solely um, on the experience versus just trying to capture and then, and then post.
0: I am with you on that. So I had an extraordinary time. It was very busy and I was with family. And I think given what has happened in the last recent however long, I was profoundly, uh, you know, um, I was still and there and so grateful. So I didn't run around and I dig my, my media of choice is Spotify. I call it social media because you get to peek at what people are listening to. And I'm social media. The world of music for me is, uh, you know, is, is probably the most important of all things. So Spotify turns me on and Instagram, but I only took a couple Instagrams and I'm the same thing. I didn't have my camera in my back pocket. I didn't, and I chose to do moments like on a beach At 7 a.m., or, you know, I did things that wouldn't be like what the whole, you know, everybody's threads looked like, but I kept it away from me because
2: I was uh, present. I think I want to, I think I agree with what Niall and you just said, Ivy. You know, in, I think this year, even for me, I think, you know, what based on what we've all gone through in 2015 with a lot of the terrorist attacks and a lot of terrorist threats, I think I found a lot more meaning this year in the holidays, uh, in both New Year and in both Christmas. Uh, And in Hanukkah and all of the the preceding holidays, because this is the time of the year for all of us, regardless of what our faith is, to kind of rejoice in who we are and who our family and dear friends are. And I think this year, for me anyway, um, I I kind of felt more in touch with people who I care about, family members, because, you know, in the world we live in today, I mean, you just don't know. You really just don't know. So I I really got much more, forgetting the social media aspect of it, I got so much more, I think, out of, you know, being with the people that I want to be with on the holidays. Mm -hmm.
3: I think for the first time for me this year, I was able to separate personal and professional. Mm -hmm. The best that I've ever done. In 15 years. yeah, I I don't know why. I can't tell you why, but I was hardcore. I've never had a busier December. So I was just go, go, go mode. And then when I, we were with our family in Connecticut, it was, uh, phone was off and I was by the tree. Beautiful pictures, by the way. Thank you. And it was so special. And so I'm really going to go into this year with that same mind frame of, maybe I don't have to answer emails after 10 p.m., oh maybe sometimes but not all the time because that's really what i do i really need to <laughs> to continue that I into know. the
4: year. I, <laughs> I like that half resolution.
2: <laughs> you know, I won't do that, but maybe I'll still resolution. sort of do
4: maybe it. it maybe sometimes.
2: I was just going to say, <laughs> "Madam, business, right we get Very energy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, oh, so case by case. I'm not going to do it, but well, maybe that one. Yeah. I'll keep it in mind. It was hard not speaking of social mind. media.
3: It was very hard not to post things related to real estate the last two weeks of December. You are absolutely correct. My partner and I were so we're doing so well starting yes, the end of December. We were like. Okay, let's post this. And then I was like, oh, wait, let's not post real estate during Christmas cuz that's, you know. <laughs> you know,
2: I made a similar resolution and I was answering an email to a client last night at 11 yeah. and that's my cardinal rule, 8:30, yep. that's it, no more. And here I am, 8:30, uh, yeah. and I'm bop, bop, and I'm like, like, oh, it. and as soon as I hit send, I thought She's going to come right back at me. She Uh didn't. She realized it was 11 o'clock at night, but, you know, we got the answers out there fine and, you know, (laughs) all all good, but it is what it is. Anyway, new year, new beginnings. Does that apply to how we feel about our living situations? Also, if you ask New Yorkers, would you rather stay in your current apartment or move in 2016? What do you think their answers would be? Now, think about our clients. Think about you. Quickly, I can tell you, and Rachel knows this, I've been considering lots of things in my living situation. And you know what? I'm, you know, I just 2016 may be the year that Ow. I get a new place. Mobile. Know. Wow. You know, it's kind of like 12 years where I am. I love it. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. It's probably the best I'm ever going to have. But you know what? It's.
0: And you're going to be my
3: neighbor, Time for huh? A change. Oh,
2: you come know, downtown. 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 downtown West wow. Village. You're certainly yeah.
3: ready for it, but most people will talk about change, mm-hmm. but the habits that people form, they right. will live in the same
2: place over and over again. Well, that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to get at. So, why is that, though?
3: It's it's human nature. It is also the the financial cost of moving is so exorbitant in the city that with the broker fee and application fees and credit and all that stuff. It's just too stressful for people. Relationships stay together because people can't afford to have two apartments. I mean, that's it really dictates It's also comfortable. So much.
2: You know, why why change yeah. something that's not broken? And I'll tell you the other side. I know
3: right.
0: zillions. I know many, many people that are constantly looking. Sure. And love to move. Sure. And love change. Yeah. And yeah. know that actually one of the greatest and easiest ways to change your life is to change your location. Yeah. So people that stay in places forever I can't wait for you to move, buddy. It's all you're going to have to do and so much will change. Well, yes. I don't know that so it's actually going to exactly happen, right. but yeah. it's, so it's I something that I'm thinking about. I know people that that never about. think about the fees, yeah. never think about, it's part of life and they move in New York City all the time. It's one of the most exciting and,
3: things. And I do. actually tell my, I think I'm I'm one i talked to Vince about this. I tell all my single friends, um, for those of you who don't live in the city, being a woman in New York City is very hard to find a date or, or be in a relationship. So I always tell them, change your apartment or move out of the city. And honestly, two of my friends actually listened to me and both have found men in the last 30 to 60 days. Outside the city? Because one or- moved and and one actually, you know, changed jobs. So very similar.
2: But out of the city, though? Or did they just move Yeah, bit? one
3: moved to Westchester. Hmm. So she found somebody, uh, somebody and then the other one um, changed jobs. She tried going to Chicago, but didn't get that job. But her intent <laughs> is there. And as long as you're trying to change, and you'll, you know, things will follow. It's, it's very simple but very hard at the same time for people.
2: Well, I think you know, just changing apartments for whatever your reasons are is a major change in itself. So it's a life change. It's a, it's a social change. Oh, let's talk it's about everything. dogs. If
3: you have a dog, it's really
0: hard to move, right?
3: Well,
2: there you go.
0: That's huge. You no, know, I've always had five, two to five dogs. I move <laughs> all the time. So I'm I like well, you have over four I'm dogs. The, yes, you are the exception to the rule. Yeah, you no, know, yeah. but I know most of my friends have a dog or two. <laughs> yeah, but you and know, everybody uh, moves.
2: Yeah, but you know so what though, I have I have Jet as the, the, world the world knows, Jet. But I'm I'm you know, the one of the reasons I haven't done it so far is because of Jet. I mean mm-hmm. this is her home for twelve years and she knows oh, her Lord. place. Yeah. And I was just away She'll for be five fine. days. Yeah, she will be, but you know, she's also getting older too. So it's kind of like in consideration, <coughs> but it's not like I won't do it because of her, but yeah. you don't know, you know, but th- sh- look, I live in Jet's house. Okay. That's the way that goes on my place. Do we ah, have a, I have Gina's... a question. Do you have a time? I have a yes, question. I'm curious.
4: How many times have you guys moved in New York City?
2: Twice. Seven. No. Twice. Um, I
4: might have the record then. What, what about you, Ivy?
3: Oh no, Ivy's going to beat us all. <laughs> you oh. beat I've,
4: I've moved almost 10 times. I've only been here 15 like years.
0: 23. Okay. Or Twenty-five. So you've, times. You've yeah, you me, are yeah.
3: the exception to the rule. You really almost are. every single I, yeah. year of my life, Hold including on, ten times. Yeah.
4: Oh, close. close. Yeah. Yeah. I know you recently moved. Well, so I've been here 15 years and for a while there it was like every year or two I moved, you know. So and I've in been different in
3: different neighborhoods.
4: Different neighborhoods. So I've oh, been I in the so same, since yeah. you've so known me Vince, I've been a little more consistent, yeah. but in the first 10 years it was almost every year and a lot of it was just circumstance. It wasn't, you same know. Here. Well, but within
3: Manhattan.
4: Within Manhattan. And I I love the different neighborhoods. Like there's one thing about what moving yeah. and then all of a sudden even new block, oh, there's my new pizza place. Right. There's yep. my new, you know, Holy dry cleaner. So what's your
3: top thing? Three neighborhoods out of
4: the I, ten. I Upper West Side. Upper West Side is my favorite, I will say. Yeah. For when I when I take everything into account, I love downtown. I did live downtown once. The the issue with me I felt like there were a lot of tourists where I was still. And and like let's say you I wanted to go to the grocery store. I had to walk four blocks. You know what I mean? Whereas when you're on the Upper East or Upper West Side or some other parts of Manhattan, every single square block has Everything Everything. and maybe two or three of those things, you know. So, there is something about that, but especially get close to Broadway. I mean, you know, there's definitely a a coolness and a hip factor there. I was uh, right literally in the middle of Soho, Tribeca, and the West. Oh, uh, yum! Yum.
2: That's the best place to be
4: right just south of Houston. Uh, yeah.
2: So, I mean, it was, I I loved it. I mean, it was a great experience. I did seven moves in seven years in (laughs) seven different neighborhoods, and it was kind of like the report we did. About the Airbnb couple, you know, wanting to buy, but yeah. not for a year and test out neighborhoods. And I agree with you, Phil. It was the best thing I did. I ended up on the Upper West Side 12 years now. And it's like, you know, um, it's perfectly fine. So with that, let's go to break. We will come back. But first, you are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away.
1: Visit Blue Realty Group.com. That's BLU Realty Group.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco.
2: All right, everybody, we're back. So, you know, to get back to what Ivy was talking about before, in New York, an apartment fireplace evokes an escape from the bustling streets, the comforting after-work notion of settling into a high back chair with a snifter of brandy or a glass of wine or a vodka. Uh, even if the <laughs> chimney were sealed long ago.
3: You just got so happy when you said
2: that. I did. If you are right at Rachel. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Memories. Memories. If you have your heart set That's on this brick fantasy, mind. be advised. New York joined a handful of other American cities when it passed a ban on the construction of new wood-burning fireplaces earlier this year, many because of concerns that smoke from uh, burning fireplaces can be toxic or uh, as oh. toxic as cigarettes can be. Regardless, some people, no. of course— Put a fireplace high on their wish list. Why? Now, I will tell you before you get you get into it, you know, I just came back from L.A. And as I said, it was chilly out there in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Every night we had a fireplace on a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And even though it was not 10 degrees like it is here in New York City today, <laughs> there's something soothing about sitting by a fire at mm-hmm. night watching a movie. Oh, it was yeah. just a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. So why is it high on people's priority list? It's, I mean, that's well, my opinion.
0: Because I, it's
3: so rare. Yeah, it's
0: And so even rare. if it wasn't... It, also, it's just somebody most people have memories of this. It's the, it's and a the nostalgia memory is strong and it's just so extraordinary.
3: It's hypnotizing. I, think I mean, I have, the, firepl- I have a fire I have a wood burning fireplace, so I can tell you things. it is so calming. It's like watching mm-hmm. the ocean mm-hmm. if I can compare it to anything because my husband's from Hawaii, so it all goes back to the ocean, mm-hmm. but it really is so calming. I feel my blood pressure just goes down yeah. immediately yeah. after a long day, there is nothing better. Mm-hmm than just having a glass of wine or tequila or vodka, as Vince prefers. <coughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's rare. You see a lot of gas fireplaces in the city. Wood burning is certainly rare. Correct. And if it's wood burning, it's typically in a walk-up in mm. an older building. Right. So it's really hard to get that modern luxury apartment with the wood burning. It's right. so rare.
4: And this doesn't sound like this law is going to change much because it's only new buildings that can't have them. Correct. And when we think right. about fireplaces, it's almost always in pre war buildings Absolutely. that have been built. Right.
3: They usually do gas and then Right. They them.
4: And so I think uh, the question also is uh, <laughs> is it, you know, people in my experience, are sometimes just as happy with a decorative uh, fireplace mm-hmm. in, in the sense that, you know, I mean, as a broker, you would advertise a decorative fireplace sure. alongside mm. a working what one. What does that mean? Decorative fireplace basically people. means a non-working fireplace. It used to be a fireplace at some point, but the building made locked it so it blocked it off, it it off yeah. so it can't work anymore. So but you people, still have the mantle. That's right. You still have the yeah. mantle, and people are very creative with what you can do with that. Yeah. People have candles up. Yeah, yeah. people
3: do or really they use it for storage. Things. <laughs> yeah. Oh God forbid! <laughs> just like they use their stoves for storage, <laughs> or their tubs, Fairly. right? Yeah. yeah, no. But People decorative candles. I've been
2: to many apartments, friends, yep. and you know parties and stuff, and, and the candles are glowing in in, in the fireplace. You know the old existing fireplace, and it's it's beautiful. Yeah, you know, it's just the whole ambiance. I think exactly. Yeah, that. I
5: have a client that is only looking for um, a pre-war building with a fireplace, mm-hmm. and the main the main reason working. For- Working It has to be working, yeah. and the main reason for that is the nostalgia of the, the pre war era. You know, it's like she's like, yeah, I could buy, you know, a glass tower, but that won't do anything for me. It's got to be boutique. It's got to be pre war, and I want that nostalgia. Got I want my the name all over it, exactly. And I want a wood burning fireplace because, like what you said, I want to come home, have a glass of wine, sit by the fireplace, maybe have a couple friends over, and just have a, a chat and a laugh. You, you know what? I just
3: realized, as we know from the summer. Having a fireplace, it it sort of um, breeds conversation Mm -hmm. and technology goes out the window because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the TV's off, you're sitting around the fireplace and you're talking to each other. We would talk for hours and hours and hours. Yes, yes. And I think that's what's so special about it.
2: It, yeah, it, and it harkens it also, back, as Ivy said before, kind of brings you back to the past and memories of and when my family we used to sit around the fireplace and the TV was off, and yeah. you were just having conversation. It's almost kind of a forced vehicle to get everybody around the table to have a conversation, and it was kind of a wonderful thing. And you, know? you know
0: what? I think it's the strongest thing that uh, closest to bringing nature inside your home. So fire well, is yeah. what you know the most primitive thing we have on Earth. It's the first thing that happened that sparked conversation, made life, people cooked. You know, back in caveman days. So a fireplace is uh, a powerful, powerful thing for a lot of reasons. But what I wanted to say, I think you'll all agree in New York City, the three primary things that people seek, unless they're just seeking a house, in New York City are views, fireplaces, and gardens or decks. Yeah. All so, oh,
2: luxuries, you know. So, and all and yeah. all and all rare to, to add to yeah. that. So, you know, when we get a requirement like Niles' customer who wants a pre-war with a wood-burning fireplace and and whatever or as you just said, you know, view this and that kind of makes the search that more intense or that more much more difficult because limited inventory in New York City anyway. Uh and then you start adding on some of these special requirements it gets even more um mm-hmm. uh, Well, I will say that that's an interesting client because uh, I I don't <clears throat> think I've
4: ever had someone that said require a fireplace like oh, that's a God, deal breaker
5: this is a deal breaker oh and I, I think, have and I think I that's have. Uh, I have. you have <laughs>
4: yeah and I think that's um I think it's interesting because it's always on, well, not always, but it's often on people's list mm-hmm. of like to have. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the first things that they go, "Oh, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess I yeah, guess we right. have to make some sacrifices here. Yeah. There's some trade-offs, you know." And sometimes they'll still hang on to say outdoor space, you know, and then they'll finally get rid of that one. But um, but that's interesting that they say absolutely has to have a working fireplace. Here's a
2: cute little story. Mm-hmm. Years ago, when I was not in, in the business and I was running around buying, you know, seven out of seven apartments in in seven years, and I had said to my broker once, "Lovely Cochrane broker years ago. She's no." longer with us, God rest her soul, but I'd say, Fran, you know, I want a duplex, and it's got to be pre-worn, it's got to be, blah, 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 whatever, the requirements were, you know, a mile long. She found, you know, we had to searching many, <laughs> many, many, many apartments, and can you imagine working with me? So she said, oh, God, I found the apartment, and it was in a brownstone, and it was in the East 60s at the time I was living on the East side, and it was perfectly located, whatever. <laughs> she she probably wanted to kill me many times, but this particular time, I walked in and I looked around and I said,
3: "Yeah, <laughs> but- uh. <laughs> oh, you were your worst
2: client." Oh my god. So I passed on the apartment, and we never found that again. And I said to her, after we found something else, and I said, you know something? I wonder if that apartment, or our worst enemy, I wonder if that apartment is still available. She's like, sign the goddamn contract. <laughs> <laughs> it is not available, and it's gone, and that's your problem. Right. But, you know, we all have these requirements, and I wanted a duplex, and I wanted a pre-war, or whatever. She found it. Anyway, moving on. Are you afraid that you're somewhat spotty? Employment record or lack of savings means that you'll never be approved by a co op board. However, you might be at the perfect, you might be the perfect uh, candidate for a sponsor apartment. What's the deal with sponsor co ops? And can you explain for our audience out there who doesn't even understand co ops how they differ from the traditional co op, right? In this town, co op, in this town, condo, in this town, rental. Now we have a sponsor co op versus a traditional co op.
3: So, I've done so many of them, and I love them because Nile and I love, almost love. did a deal for That's a sponsor true. apartment. Um, I owe you big time for that. Ah. And, you know, it's really the best of both worlds. So, number one, sponsor apartments means no board approval. You are buying a co-op, which means lower price by 20 to 30% comparative to condos, but you're not having to go through the board. So and and sometimes oh, you're allowed to rent out big. immediately after you close. It depends on the building, but for investors mm. out there or parents buying for children, it is a huge upside. They are willing to pay a premium because of that no board approval and the flexibility after closing. However, there is a transfer tax that is applied to the buyer unless otherwise negotiated, and that can be 1.5 to 1.825% for the buyer. So, um, they are truly rare. And for those clients that we work with who are like, I can't afford a condo. Um, but you know, I don't want to disclose my, my finances or, you know, I am a freelancer or whatever the case may be. You go for a sponsor unit and you jump at it because they are so truly rare. If you look online right now, there'll be like two. Sponsor units can also be new development, so there is a big difference when you're talking about a sponsor unit in new development versus a sponsor unit that is a co-op or a condop.
2: And the reason that there are that re- there are remaining sponsor units in a co-op is because when the co- when the sponsor bought the whole building and converted, you know, they were rent stabilized or rent controlled, or just renters in their units that they couldn't put out unsold so, shares. Unsold shares. So over time, as those apartments come available, the sponsor has the right to put them on the market as first time sales and yeah. as Rachel said you know you it, it's much easier because you avoid all of the the approval process including board packages and board interviews and all that financial scrutiny as we always talk about on this program And it's a biggie. It's a real biggie. And And for those who can't afford condos, I mean, it's a good option because it's a lot less expensive than a condo. As Rachel said, I think she did, I'll just highlight the two downsides would be that the price is usually a little
4: higher than an Mm. equivalent co-op where you have to have board approval. And the closing costs are higher because you'd be paying some of the closing costs that are usually picked up. By the seller, but as the like buyer, in a condo purchase. Like, that's that, uh, that's right. No, well, I'm no. saying what I'm saying is that the closing costs... are normally, a sponsor is going to ask the buyer to pick up the seller's closing costs. Usually, in a sponsor mm-hmm. sale, mm-hmm. which is uh, could be what two percent, generally right. Transfer, it's transfer tax taxes. and attorney fee, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah.
0: yeah. And sure. you speaking co-op? I'm speaking a co-op. Yeah. yeah. Or condo. Or condo. Right. Yep. Yeah.
3: Because
0: it's a but, whole different conversation to speak sponsor. Correct. Exactly. Fondo, exactly. Which is really also a holiday. Yeah. I was I was good at those. I did a lot of those for a while there. Okay. And it's it's glorious to purchase from sponsors, period. Yeah. It's a great thing.
2: It certainly is. That's so, show. by one popular definition, Nomad, now we have so many different names and neighborhoods in this town, runs from 25th Street to 30th Street, from 6th Avenue to Lexington Avenue. So, a big spot of land there. Some say that Nomad should be extended to 23rd Street uh, from 23rd to 34th so yeah. that it could include several developments like 10 Madison Square West. Which is part of the former International Toy Center building, which was a gorgeous That's building, that is now being turned into 125 unit condo. And I can't even imagine. I have not seen those units, but I can imagine because that building is fabulous. But why is Nomad so hot all of a sudden? I mean, it's like so hot at the park, right? Yeah, the park yeah, is hot. The one, park right yeah. there. That's
5: important. Mm-hmm. You have Italy. Um,
2: yeah.
5: That that's Italy. also amazing. Oh it's a my great God. transportation hub. You have you know the the n what is the n in the r there not the q mm-hmm. that's at 14th Street or 34th. Um, it's dead set right in the middle of the of the uh, centrally the, I, the mm-hmm. island. Almost so in the city you yeah. go over to Chelsea. Oh, I want to live in Chelsea. Have you been to Chelsea on a day like this? Mm-hmm. It is brick
0: cold. <laughs> yeah, and windy. It's like living on Riverside Boulevard. Exactly. So oh, terrible. A
5: little more landlocked, but you get that protection of you don't have as much wind. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the park. You could walk around. There's a little bit more space. Um, obviously, there's a lot of great restaurants around there, hotels. Um, you know, it's it, it's just a, a very popular Koreatown uh, and the Flower District. Town. Then you yeah, have Fifth Avenue for all the shopping. Yeah, like yeah. that right. corridor. Yep. I mean, it, there's so much that that neighborhood has to offer.
0: Yeah, and so I will add to that, if I may. Yes, you may. Architecturally speaking, <laughs> of, of course, yeah. it is extraordinary over oh. there. Sure. And so you only have a couple other neighborhoods in the city. So we'll, let's say a good portion of that was built in the 19, like 1910, 1920, mm-hmm. early 1900s, mm-hmm. And a good portion of those buildings for our listening audience that don't know New York City are these huge buildings. A lot of them, like you were saying, the toy building, are blocks long. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them aren't quite so big, but they were all built for factory purposes back in the early 1900s, 1910, 20s, as I said. Absolutely. And they are, it's really hard to find to get someone to commit. They're gothic, they're neo gothic, they're all, there's not really a name for this style of building, but they're simple, they're slightly ornate. And it's some of my favorite architecture, and I really—they're
2: yes, wonderful. I they're dug wonderful. and
0: even called people I know to try to get a name for what the what it's called. There really isn't a specific name. It's more noted by what the purpose of the building was and the dates, and um, so it's another thing that makes it unique. And then what does that help me? That is further east, Lafayette, <laughs> below uh, NoHo, has a lot of the same kind of structuring, yeah. and it's also a small footprint. It's a relatively small footprint, pr- pr- so the By neighborhood is really to others, yes. exclusive. It's hard to get space there, and I just think it's one of our finest areas. And then one more thing: a lot of it is landmarked, so it ain't going away.
2: Yeah. No, it's not. And the fact, that you have the park smack in the middle of the of the of island course. too, it makes it so much easier for those who who want, you know, the or need to have a park like the West Siders who enjoy both Central mm-hmm. Park and uh, Riverside Park. But I like it also for what Niall was saying, you know, it's, it's really dead center and it's central to every place you need to be. So with that said, we've got to take a break. This is good morning, New York on the voice of America variety channel. Don't go away.
1: visit blue realty group.com. that's b l u realty group.com stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you are listening to good morning new york real estate with vince rocco
2: All right, everybody, we're back for our fourth and last segment for today with Rachel Altshuler from Douglas Elliman, Phil Horrigan, LeaseBreak.com, Ivy Ray, Blue Realty Group, and Niall Lundgren Compass. So, you know, yes, a $10,000 a month rental budget falls on the higher end of the spectrum, but I wanted to find out just how much it would get someone in this wonderful city of ours. Our findings, everything from a one- to three-bedroom apartment in manhattan and brooklyn so what is so special about these apartments that they command such a price of ten thousand a month now again for the listening audience out there around the world ten thousand dollars a month sounds like something you can't even wrap your mind around and when i say we're only getting a wonderful and you can you know loosely use the term wonderful two or three bedroom apartment maybe a four what's this about
3: maybe well we'll also have to talk about I'll let Phil talk a lot about this, obviously, but furnished versus unfurnished. So um you'll find that the high end furnished rentals are typically over eight thousand, um, especially downtown, and they can go as high as, you know, forty, fifty thousand. So ten thousand for me is sort of like the average if you're looking for a large apartment. It's kind of not a high end to it me.
0: Isn't. I'm with you.
3: Right. Because a lot of times what? owners who are Aggressive in pricing, who when it's worth eighty five hundred will try for ten thousand mm-hmm. so if you if you are looking you want to stretch your budget a little bit up to ten thousand maybe even eleven thousand eleven five and then put that low offer in because a lot of times they're unrealistic and they may go for that you know nine thousand ninety five hundred offer so yeah,
4: true yeah I don't know if I have too much to, to add to it I mean um, I do think it's interesting, as maybe a, a side note is that once renters start to think about paying closer to 15000 they start thinking, you know, I should probably buy, you know. But it doesn't well, always I, happen, but no, yeah. I was
2: going to ask you that. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, no, it's just, it's just interesting. It's from my experience, that's what it seems like, and it really often doesn't matter how wealthy they are. It's just like, wow, I'm throwing away fifteen yeah. twenty thousand dollars $20,000 Unless it, they
3: know it's a short-term yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah Job yeah. relocation or... Whatever,
4: right, you know. right. Or they're right.
0: testing the waters. Yeah.
4: Right. Yeah. Um, commitment, but there. Yeah. But I guess, um, and I, I'm not sure what the question is at this point, but I'll just I'll just mention that. Um, <laughs> but I'm just gonna talk. Um, uh, at ten thousand dollars, we talked about what you can get unfurnished. But as Rachel mentioned, furnished apartments. I mean, you could have. Uh, I, I there's many two bedrooms. That would normally go for five thousand dollars. You put some furniture in them, and you offer them for three or four months, and they're catching you know ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month. And people are willing to pay for this because they really can't. Where else are they going to get something like that? The inventory is extremely limited for apartments like family-sized type mm-hmm. apartments. You know, two they're bedroom finished. and up. That are furnished, that are under six months. And that know? are gorgeous. And obviously at leastbrite.com well. we have I mean, we do have hundreds of these type of apartments, but but I listed. Lord. Um but but I will say that that really is the reason why we started the website because yeah. there really is no inventory, you know, for this kind of thing. And it's it's difficult to rent too if you're if you're marketing one too, just because it where do people go? There's no yeah. one place to this go. This is so a
3: very important point that comes up all the time. Owners will say, I want to furnish my apartment because I want to get more money. What do we say to them? It's always a
0: tricky. Damn you gotta thing, be careful man. because yeah.
3: your building, it if it's sit. a co op or condo, may not allow a short term lease. They may require a one year lease. And renters like their own furniture. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's they have tricky their thing. own furniture, they prefer yeah. their own furniture. So if you're gonna do furnish, be careful. Make sure your building allows short term and also, do you want someone to be living with your furnishings? You have to take right. an extra deposit. Totally true. It's a totally yeah. different thing. Yeah, Rachel. Of and that, that's
4: such a great a point deal. because I, I hear it all the time where owners go, Oh man, people are getting so much money extra f- to have furniture in that place. I'll do a furnace rental for a year. Yeah. You know? They just assume and it's a kiss of death. Right. I say exactly. I usually say to them, look, you could get lucky. There's Absolutely. once in a while there's that one person that's mm-hmm. looking for a furnace rental, they're coming from somewhere else, another state, another country, and you'll get lucky. But generally speaking, you're going to wind up with less than you would get. You know, less money. because on market. That's right. It's going to last longer on the market usually because they're harder to rent. And like Rachel said, people also want their own furniture. Most people in Manhattan... Or New York City, for that matter, are coming somewhere else. They have mm-hmm. their furniture. What are they mm-hmm. going to do with their furniture? Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> you know?
3: right. Or allergies that so, just freaks right. them out to have rugs and That's couches. Totally true. Yeah. yeah. yeah but like you easy.
2: mentioned before, you know, people because people have said this to me. You know, why would someone spend ten thousand dollars a month? And as we remember, and I talk about all the time, I have an apartment at fifteen Central Park West that an investor bought you know, a bunch of years ago off the floor plans, and we rent this particular unit. You know, every. Year, sometimes two years. Now we're like into third year with this current tenant. But for fifty nine thousand dollars a month, and so you think, well, fifty nine thousand dollars a month, really seriously? Who the hell would even consider that? Listen, you I mean, it's a doctor. very popular rental. Whenever I put it on the marketplace, and so you can say the same thing: What you get for ten thousand? What the hell do you get for fifty nine thousand? A park view, okay. At right. <laughs> that and, level, and, and, they're, and, doing, and, they're doing
3: they're doing write offs and deductions from that. And they're on a whole other level where they're really smart about how they spend their money. And for them, it's I have four homes around the world or I'm only yes. going to be in New York yes. for six months or a year. Yeah. Sometimes they don't even use it at all mm-hmm. Yeah, at that level.
2: Well, they don't. Yeah. And
0: then to answer the original question, because I do think it was, what do you get for that kind of money for mm-hmm. our listening audience? Not much. When I, when I first got in the industry, I was privy to – I did, as you know, high-end rentals for a long time. For a while there, I did high-end rentals. And so 10, 12, 15, 20,000, right? And what you do tend to get is a nice building, whether it's a doorman building or something that's boutique. You will get at least a master bedroom and a couple smaller bedrooms, usually. You'll have a main nice space and you'll have a kick-ass kitchen. So if you're going into 10, 12, the ones that I did, I was, you know, I did them. I rolled with them for a while. And it was always the clients were like, we're a family or we're not a family. We cook or we have a chef. We want a Wolf range. Mm -hmm. We want this. So at 10, 12, 15, 20,000, 25,000 a month, you're going to get kind of a New York City home. And Ivy, as a broker, you can make a killing on those, right? Mm -hmm. It, it's what I did for a very long yeah. time, and I would show once and book them, and show yeah. once and book them. You know, I was I-, I was a freak and very successful and a
2: very happy camp. Yeah. Do you know what I'd say to all of that? I, I mean, she's correct, but, you know, instead of all the high-end finishes or all the high-end money that we spend every month, just give me a chef, okay? <laughs> just give me the housekeeper. Give me the yeah. chef. I want to come home and say the meal's on the table. Yeah. That, and that would see, work and for me. me. And, then,
0: and I, yeah. I want the Wolf Range and the space. So yeah. no, I'm a cook. I, a I like
3: to cook. So the, why the I summer, you were definitely like, I like having a chef around. <laughs> oh, now. well, that's yep, I mean, like, Hello.
2: <laughs> all right, it may only be January, and we already discussed that it's been 10 degrees. married one. I did. We've got only a few minutes left, but in 10-degree weather today in January, you know, um, are we thinking about the summer coming up? And we wouldn't mind at all spending our warm weather months and a few colder ones, too, in a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath house in Sagaponack, for example, in the Hamptons. You can't see the picture that I saw, but, you know, it had a cozy fireplace, as we talked about before. It's not one of those enormous Hamptons estates where, you know, we sometimes moon over, but the price isn't gargantuan either. It's only, only here we go, $920,000 to buy it, which is less than the average price for a Manhattan apartment. Where's the better deal? A Manhattan apartment or nine twenty thousand in Sagaponic, south of the highway, in the Hamptons. And do we dream about having a second home? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want to hear the, I want has house. to say. I mean, think everyone
1: yeah, do does.
5: I, I, I'd, I'd love yeah. to have a second home out there. And I'm, I've been thinking about, you know, getting into some investment opportunities because, you know, when you look at where summer rentals are, even if you, you know, you buy it and rent it out, you know, I think there's, you know, tremendous upside, especially if you hold it for a long period of time because it seems like that area is just getting hotter and hotter. And would yes. you do
0: the beach or would you, if you yourself, if you and, and your significant other were going to consider making a purchase that would also have your joy involved? Right? You'd be using it yourself for a while before sure. you consider renting it out or rent it out part of the time, blah, blah. Yeah. Would you be going beachside or would you consider, which is now very hot, Hudson Valley? Would you do the beach mountains? Side. Would you you'd do beachside? Beach I'm just per curious percent. for everyone. Yeah. How about yeah.
3: you, Rach? Uh, beach all the way Beach mm-hmm. all the Probably way Probably beach I love yeah. The beach oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you, Well beach's got yeah. my name
0: All over it You know yeah. Yeah. I also
2: play yeah. uh, beach volleyball Like you know Two oh, on God. two Very yeah. intense Yeah, yeah. so that's like the beach that is That is, so is so cool <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen I like the Hudson Valley And I spent all of Two summers ago up there In a, in a rental house And it's absolutely beautiful But yeah. you know what I, There's something For me Vince Rocco Between a fireplace And a beach You know If, if, if that's all I can have That's all yeah. I would want I really I'm doing
0: both Yeah because I can't choose. Yeah.
2: That's how much I love all of it. Well, there, there you have <laughs> it. I didn't
0: know both was an option.
2: Yeah. I know, mean, oh, right. Or maybe you would have I'll chosen take both it
0: too. <laughs> too. I know. I want both. Thank
3: you. Well,
2: for the purposes of this, this particular question, it's, it's not an option. So, um, well, actually it could be because, you know, we all live and work here in New York City and we can't really, you know, be away from the city full time. But, you know, because certainly not in the Hamptons, uh, it's too far away for an everyday commute. But you know what? It's a great place to spend weekends, it's a great place to spend a couple of days here and there, it's a great place to, you know, go and spend, you know, holidays. It's a wonderful environment and if you get everything that you want, why not? We're going to talk about the Hamptons coming up in a couple of weeks with our specialist out there, broker friend of mine. But for now that's the, that's good morning New York for this week. Thank you for joining us. You can always catch the show on podcast or anytime on our website voiceamerica.com. For all of us and everybody who tunes in around the world, thank you for 2015. We look forward to uh, seeing you uh, uh, every week here. Uh, We will be back next week. Have a great week, everybody, and Happy New Year once again. Happy New New Year. Year. Happy
0: New Year.
1: Thanks for tuning in this week.